Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Getting that just right temperature or getting an energy efficient appliance. It's not only about making smart changes today, it's about creating brighter tomorrows with simple steps to save energy. Plus, you'll help protect the environment for years to come. A better world for you, your family, and your community. Get started with rebates and discover what energy efficient choices can help you power what's next at AlliantEnergy.com slash rebates. You're listening to the Huddle Up! Podcast with Chad Jensen and Zach Kelberman. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com and sound off. And now it's time to drop some knowledge. Okay, we are live. Let me just bring in a real quick. we got to let it breathe just for a second while I bring on Facebook. Make sure we're all together for this extremely momentous day. I mean, you set aside this, the the arrival of John Elway. You set aside the landing of Peyton Manning and Super Bowl 50. Today is arguably the biggest watershed news day of the last decade for your Denver Broncos. But welcome in, everybody, to the Huddle Up podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, powered by Overtime Media. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, as always, my partner in crime. You know him, you love him. He is Zach Kelberman. Zach, we were not necessarily expecting to do a traditional aftermath pod tonight, all things considered, but we we were in kind of a holding pattern to see what some of the decisions were going to be at the coaching level. And we we kept it as maybe an open possibility that there could be changes in the front office, but it was blockbuster. It was seismic. It, I mean, the ground shifted beneath our feet. John Elway, in essence, stepped down as GM Although they tried to PR posture this as, you know, he's moving up and, you know, GM duties are beneath him now and he's going to. This was basically Joe Ellis cleaning house, I would say. Right. And and Matt uh, Russell retiring, not even in consideration, been working in the league for 20 years, trying to be a GM. Nope. Retiring. And they're hiring a new GM. What was your gut reaction? We'll dive right in. Well, I got to give you a lot of credit, first of all, because we you've been predicting this for weeks, if not months now, that there's a possibility Elway could step down after this season as opposed to next season. I thought there was no way. I thought he'd run it back with the current leadership group, with the current front office. So, Chad, great call by you. I was blown away. It was a bombshell when I heard about that. I thought it was fake Adam Schefter, you know, you know getting me again. It was the real deal, though. And it sounded like Elway – you know, he's 60 years old now. He's moving on to the ch- different chapter of his life. It seems like he really wants to be done with the day-to-day aspect of the GM job. And whether you can talk about timing, this comes after a brutal loss in the season finale. It's been in the works for a few weeks now. As I tweeted, though, this is the closest thing to a, a house cleaning that Broncos country could have reasonably expected after this season. I didn't see it coming. A little weird setup, though. The head coach is going to help pick the new GM. Usually it's the other way around, but I, um, I'm i interested to see what the new GM can do. You need fresh eyes, new blood. It's 
a half decade of non-playoff football, losing records. Elway wanted to take himself out of the spotlight without firing himself. So it's a happy medium and a win-win for all sides involved. By the way, real quick, <clears throat> this is on me. I didn't notice this right before we went live. We're getting your ambient mic, not your mic mic. So while, while I while I respond to what you just said, see if you can tweak that. Um, Got it. My fault. You actually, that's a great point um, about John Elway, um, you know, stepping down. And I mean, it really, it's, it really comes down to John Elway being in a situation where I think Joe Ellis told him a couple of weeks ago, this is just my, my read on it. And Jay, Jay, I'm glad you noticed that this was a theme that we've been talking about on this podcast since really since the Broncos opened up the season. Oh, and three, we've been talking about as a distinct possibility John Elway, of course, not firing himself per se, but stepping down or stepping up is the way they're posturing in the, in the, in the PR landscape and relinquishing the day-to-day grind of GM duties to someone else, hiring somebody. And, you know, we speculated at the time, Zach, that it would maybe be, you know, passing the torch to Matt Russell or hiring per, uh, potentially outside the building. A lot of fans said, well, if you do that, what about it being Peyton Manning? And of course we can get to all that here today, but, Really, this my read on this, Zach, is that Joe Ellis pulled John in, I think probably about the Buffalo Bills game, after how badly the Broncos just got beat down. I mean, it wasn't even close. And uh, said, look, John, I, I got to make some kind of a – I got to make some kind of a, a shift, some kind of a signal to to the fans, to the media that, you know, there's there's got to be some sort of a change. And it can't just be nominal. It can't just be – you know, that we, we, we get rid of a coordinator. There can't be a, a, a scapegoat. There has to be some true accountability here. But you're John Elway, all right? You're an icon. And you not only did what you did as a Hall of Fame player for this franchise and for this city, this fan base, but then you brought a, a third world championship home as a GM. Things have not gone the way we wanted. None of your moves of late have, have panned out. I, it, it, I got I to do something. But you're John Elway. So here's what I'm thinking. I'm thinking we're going to set this up as kind of an Aussie Newsome type of situation where, you know, you, you kind of fade into the into the front office in terms of you're the macro guy or as, to use John's own words, you're the big picture guy. And we hire someone to really bring in a whole new vision here. But, Zach, your point is, if you're going to do that, why not just blow the whole thing up? If, if Elway's going to step back and just say, we're going to hire someone new, why not just start over at coach as well? Never did I thought that Elway would step down or be replaced before Vic Fangio. Never did I ever consider that a possibility. It's weird. It's a unique setup, but this was done, I think, with the the motive in mind. Like you said, they couldn't sell this to the fan base for next season. They couldn't bring back the full status quo. And you also factor in the revenue they lost from the stadium this year with the pandemic. How could you sell – on top of that, a losing team, another non-playoff list, coaching staff in front office to the fan base when you want to fill that stadium back up uh, next season. A change had to be done. I thought it would be a small change like McMahon being fired, maybe Pat Shermer. I did not foresee Elway stepping down, stepping up, wherever he you know, stepped to. But it's it could be a, a groundswell positive for the organization. I'm thinking in terms of how the Broncos will draft even, Chad. This opens up all new possibilities for the Broncos roster I will say in a negative way, though, the new GM, whoever it may be, whether it's Adam Peters, whether it's Champ Kelly, he's going to have no loyalty to any of the Broncos' current players, and that extends to Drew Locke. This was not a good day for number three. For the Broncos' front office and for Elway, maybe for the scope of the team, it was an interesting 
development. I want to see how they draft now. It opens up possibilities there. He was a fairly predictable drafter, John Elway. This new guy might not be. He might do a first-round trade-up. He might take a quarterback now. It's going to be a wild, franchise-altering offseason in Denver, Chad. And I'm here for it. Man, I mean, it's just something needed to change. They, it couldn't be business as usual. And, you know, I, I credit Joe Ellis and John Elway. I mean, this is probably, I think it was ESPN's Jeff Legwald today that asked Elway during his presser after this was announced, Hey, if you finish 13 and three, would you still be, uh, you know, fading into the, would you be stepping up? You know, and he's like, hypotheticals. Honestly, if you read the tonality of what he said, it was probably not, but he used some kind of, uh, you know, cliche about, I don't like to get into hypotheticals. It's so hard to say. Who knows? But, but let's face it. If the Broncos finish 13 and three this season and they're playing in January, of course he doesn't hang up, hang it up or, or do what he's doing. This was really a move to signal we've tried everything possible your way, John. We've tried everything possible to fulfill your vision, and it just hasn't panned out. we got to save face. we got to do something. We owe it to the fans to make a push toward turning over a new leaf. And let's grab Boggins here who got in really early on a super chat. Appreciate you, my friend. Uh, He says, uh, strap your laces for a very interesting offseason. Interested to see how the new GM will view certain players Needs, wants, Simmons, Vaughn, Shelby, Locke even. Zach, it's really interesting. I want to get to all this, but before we get too much farther in, uh, let's let's quickly handle our matters of business, and then we can just go unfettered completely into the topics of tonight's show. But I want your answer to this. As soon as we thank uh, yeah. the, the sponsor of tonight's live stream podcast, sportsbetting.com. Listen up, gang, right now. Gambling, legal in the state of Colorado, you got to utilize sportsbetting.com as your no-brainer destination for your sports betting. And here's why. Three reasons. First and foremost, sharp odds, low juice. They make their own odds, in-house odds makers. They're not using third parties for their books. Uh, Number two, hassle-free bonuses that you roll over after one time compared to some of the other sites out there. Even the big names make you have to bet that money five to 30 times before you can cash it out, access it. And sportsbetting.com, it's after one time. Plus, you get 24-7 live customer support. Always a real person in the States. But the kicker is this. Pay close attention here. Right now, after you make your first deposit, sportsbetting.com will match it up to $750. That's $750 in free bet credits. And also right now, you got the NBA uh, tipped off. Season's going. You can also get a $25 free bet credit as well. So here's how you get that. You head on over right now to sportsbetting.com. Not right now, after the podcast. Uh, sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle. Again, that's sportsbetting.com slash mile high huddle. Capitalize on up to $750 in free bet credits. And let's start this year off on the right foot. All right, a couple other quick things really um, I want to touch on. And that's just reminding everybody to connect with us on Twitter at huddle up pod, the main account at mile high huddle. My partner, at Kelberman NFL, myself, at Chad and Jensen, the producer, at John K, MHH. Check out the merch store, huddleuppod.com. Get your swag on if you're in a position to do so. Our Facebook supporters, Zach, I've, I've seen that swell significantly over the last week or so as we've been explaining that this week we are unveiling new content catered and designed specifically to the official Facebook supporters. If you're one of our Facebook viewers right now, head on over to the page, click the big blue button, You'll become a supporter. We've got Kelberman's Corner coming down the pike, specifically hot takes, you know, the dragon. Sometimes he breathes that fire, right? And that's what you're going to be getting. Um, myself, I'll be chipping into that content, obviously. Some of the other pot hosts 
Kim Becker. It's going to be great. It's going to be a little bit different flavor than our nightly live stream pod. So if you want to be involved in that and participate in that, just go to facebook.com slash mile high huddle, click the big blue button. You're in like Flynn. Uh, Last thing, if you're not in a position to do all that, it's all good. Subscribe first and foremost. Number two, like. Number three, if we're doing a good job for you, share this video out there and help us continue to grow. And we are growing. Last month in December, we more than doubled our site's personal best. I mean, it would blow your mind if you knew how much traffic we generated at milehighhuddle.com. More than 2 million. There's what I'll say. More than 2 million Broncos fans. All right. Read milehighhuddle.com last month. And we're grateful to each and every one of you. So thank you so much. Help us continue to grow, though. Share this video out there. It's a, it's, it's a one way to, to chip in organically. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. All right, Zach, what does, getting back to what Boggins said, how does this affect some of the big open-ended questions on the personnel side with Justin Simmons becoming an unrestricted free agent, Shelby Harris as well, Vaughn's option, are they going to actually exercise that option? And then obviously the biggest guy in, in uh, excuse me, in Drew Locke's corner has been John Elway. We can get to what he had to say about Drew, but what do you think? Well, let me take this on a player-by-player basis. In terms of Locke, I was asked about this on Twitter, what does it mean? And it's it's not great news for Locke when the biggest supporter, like you just mentioned, Elway, is now no longer holding that position in the front office, and the new GM is going to have total roster control, Chad, over the draft, free agency, personnel moves, 53-man roster, so... He has no loyalty, whoever this new GM will be, to Drew Locke. We won't know what's going to happen with him until the new GM gets in the building, what his ideals are when he speaks. We'll have a clearer picture, but it's tenuous right now for Locke. He might not be the starter next season. I happen to think he'll be on the roster. He'll more than likely get, get first dibs, but it's more of a question now than it was 24 hours ago. Simmons, I don't know if you watched the presser. It had like a goodbye vibe today what he was saying Simmons he was like thank you guys for the platform thank you for the time here I understand he's a free agent and it's a business it just didn't really leave me with a warm fuzzy feeling about him coming back next year Shelby Harris you know I'm sure the coaching staff values Shelby Harris and uh, what Derek Carr yesterday said about Shelby Harris adds to his value but 
you know, what are they going to do? What's the new GM's priority when it comes to their in-house players? We don't know that yet. Chad, you and I both want them to bring back the group, all of them. But again, this new guy, whoever it may be, does not have any loyalty. He didn't draft these players. He didn't develop these players. He has no loyalty to them. He's going to bring in his guys as he sees fit. I'll tell you this. Depending on who the hire ultimately ends up being, this number could change. But I would say going before today's seismic change and shift at Dove Valley, I would have said that Drew Locke returning as the understood starter doesn't mean he wouldn't have competition in some form, but as the leader in the clubhouse, as, as kind of the guy – was somewhere around 85-90% in 2021. After this change, I'm going to say it's still the probability, but I'm going to put it more around 65-70%. And whatever that GM hire ultimately ends up being, and I know we have a question, John, if you have Kenneth, let's grab him right now. Whoever that might be could shift that number, Zach. Mm -hmm. Kenneth wants to know, thank you for the super chat, my brother. He says, who is a realistic GM and who is your uh, your dream GM? So, Let's start with the first one. Who's probably, if in terms of just being logical, who's the GM that you think the Broncos gravitate toward? And then who would be in this scenario your dream guy? Well, let me just rule out one guy who's totally unrealistic. I see it in the comments as you. Peyton Manning is not coming to the Broncos as the GM, guys. We can lose that whole fantasy right now. It's not happening. I think even Mike Kliss reported on it. It's not going to happen. Mike Shanahan, not going to happen. These are unrealistic options. Gary Kubiak, also retired today, coincidentally. Not going to happen. Dream GM, there's a lot of candidates out there. Um, I like, you know, an underrated guy is Ryan Poles. He's the assistant, I think, director of player personnel for the Chiefs. Uh, another guy out there is Lewis Riddick from ESPN. He's phenomenal. I think whoever team, uh, whatever team ends up hiring him is going to get a good one. Realistically, though, it, it's Adam Peters right now. Like we had the story earlier, he was with the Broncos, spent a long time there, worked his way up from a scout, held various positions. He was Elway's right hand man. You know, with along with Matt Russell, I think he right now is the front runner. You mentioned, uh, and the story mentions Champ Kelly as well. He spent time with Denver as a scout, worked his way up. He was hired by the Bears. He's done some good work there. Those are the realistic options. But the, the unrealistic dream, it's not Peyton Manning. I, I would like Lewis Riddick personally. I'll answer that question by saying, and let me let me blow this up. Here's specifically what Cliss reported today. He, he said, quote, by the way, it's not likely Peyton Manning will be a candidate for the Broncos' new GM. And then this is a quote from Elway. Quote, put it this way, Peyton has not called. A lot of people have called, but Peyton has not called, close quote. This is a Elway to Nine News uh, direct quote. But I'll tell you, I think you you're hit the nail on the head. The most realistic, logical leap you make is Adam Peters because Elway was extremely reluctant to let him go back in 2017 when uh, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch wanted to bring him in as the VP of, of uh, player personnel. The only reason he allowed it to happen and signed off is because Elway is a is a good man, and he saw that as a step up for Adam Peters. But Peters had had kind of come up in under the Broncos, done a lot of great work, really helped them, um, you know, get to the top of the mountain. And Elway didn't want to let that go, but at the same time, he knew there was there was no option to really promote him in the immediate future in Denver, considering he was the GM. You had Matt Russell ahead of him in terms of seniority, and so he said, let him go. Adam Peters makes the most sense to me because he understands the the model. He's he's worked hand-in-hand with Elway before, but we'll see. I mean, this is not the most ideal job out there, Zach. 
I mean, right. Adam Peters is going to be a highly sought after guy out in the league when it comes to the teams actually that considering or looking to uh, fill a new GM job because of the broad, there's, there's two things that meant three things really that make this a, a less than ideal GM opportunity. And that is <clears throat> first and foremost, Elway is around at least for 2021. All right. And how much, you know, he says he's going to be involved in the big decisions. He kind of postured it as I just, I want to be a sounding board. I want to be useful with my experience as a player and a GM, but you want, you wonder, if the GM comes in and says, I'm going hell for breakfast for Justin Fields in the draft, if Elway steps in and, and clips his wings and says, whoa, 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 we're going Drew one more year, I'm, I'm not signing off on that. These type of wonders and, and, and concerns and misgivings in any candidate that comes in and interviews for this Jobs Act are going to be very, very real. Now, that's why like a guy like John Dorsey, who is the brainchild behind the Chiefs empire, um, the brainchild behind the, the Browns rebuild, He's not taking this job. I'd be stunned. I'm sure the Broncos will will be interested in talking to him if he wants to talk, but he's not going to come in because he wants to be the man, the voice. Right. Even though he's saying, nope, that's how it's going to be. The GM, he's going to have the final say on these things. I don't see it shaking out that way. No, they're going to have to kind of balance what they want to do, whether they want to go for new blood, an up-and-comer, a, 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 a retread general manager candidate. Woody Page mentioned uh, Rick Smith, the former Texans GM, as a candidate, and Page said uh, Smith is likely to interview for the job. It would seem to me they would want – they're going to look at this like they're going to hire a head coach. They wanted a guy after Vance with a little more experience on that side of the ball. They got Vic Fangio. After Elway steps out, they they might not want someone like Sham Kelly, who's really had no big game front office experience. They want someone who's held the title before, like Rick Smith. But like you mentioned, Chad, you got to incentivize them to take this job and not the other attractive jobs out there. They're not the only GM opening in the NFL, and arguably they're the worst GM opening in the NFL. I think Peters makes a ton of sense considering the connections there, and he's worked with the 49ers, and they've had a ton of talent come through there, and he's been the brainchild of that. I would not mind. I would say, though, to answer Kenneth real quick, my dream option, I'm not 100% certain on this yet. I mean, I need to kind of marinate, work out my hormones on the issue a little bit. But I'm saying John Dorsey, I just don't think it's going to happen, though. I just don't think he's going to be interested. Go ahead. He's just too mercurial, I think, for to work with Elway. He's too much of a big ego as well. I don't think they would mesh uh, correctly. I do have a great John Dorsey story someday. Uh, remind me and I'll tell it on this podcast, but tonight is not the night for that. Uh, Bison M, good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the super. He says, I really hope, <clears throat> excuse me, this new GM doesn't come in and flex too hard and clean house when it really isn't needed. Thoughts? Is it really not needed? I mean, it's weird. You're keeping the head coach, but you're asking a GM to, who's going to be involved in the hiring of the next GM. You're... <laughs> This is just a weird kind of situation because Elway's sticking around. And this is Elway, I should say Ellis, bending over backwards to because he knows this Boland would want to be extremely, Pat Boland would want to be extremely careful and painstaking in how Elway's image is handled amid this change that is needed. <clears throat> All right. This is a change that had to happen at some point. And if Pat were still here, he probably have done made this change a long time ago. To be frank, he probably would have made it, uh, you know, after 2018, after the VJ thing swung and missed. But nevertheless, he would want to be very careful to protect the image and legacy of John Elway. <clears throat> and so, this is Ellis, in my opinion. This is just this is just my opinion. Okay, 
bending over backwards to honor that for, for Elway and giving him the, the, the easy way out. But what it's done is it's left a very uneven surface, Zach, for the next guy, because this isn't a job where the GM comes in, he gets to pick his quarterback, he gets to pick his head coach and all this. This is a very kind of a lot of exceptions here that they have to kind of be okay with, which just muddies the water. And what's even weirder is they're letting the a lame duck coach pick the GM, not just a head coach, but he's a lame duck beyond this season. And you think about the Broncos right now, they don't have an owner and they don't have a general manager. What happened since they won the Super Bowl in 2015? How far have they fallen and how crazy have things gotten? But yeah, it's a weird situation. It's You're going to be not reporting to Elway, but he's going to still have his little say, his influence in the front office, yet the new GM is going to have total control. Fangio is going to help pick him, even though Fangio might get fired by the new GM after this season. It's a really weird orgy going on in the front office right now, Chad, for lack of a better word. Yeah, it's 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 bizarre. This is the Overtime Podcast Network. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500. Or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC. We are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Dave Vega jumping in. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate the super chat. Becoming a superstar. He says, Denver born, Houston living. I'm biased. Bring back Rick Smith. I, see, I'm going to use one of Zach's phrases here. Miss me on, on Rick Smith. All right. <laughs> I have not. I was not impressed with the job Rick Smith did in Houston. And let's face it. He was the brainchild behind, hey, let's get Brock Osweiler in here and pay him a ton of money. Right. Right. That was that was Rick Smith. And, uh, you know, his his star, in my opinion, flamed out. Look, that doesn't mean he wouldn't have some utility as a front office guy. But for this job, I'm not I'm not I'm not seeing it. But oddly enough, Zach, he kind of fits the mold because he's a guy who has done a lot of business with Elway in terms of being uh, colleagues in 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 the, the league, in the front offices. And I could see him being willing to accept some of these exceptions because he wants another opportunity to be a GM. You know how I liken this, though, the GM search, the head coaching search? Well, Rick Smith represents like Chuck Pagano as a candidate to me. He just doesn't move the needle. It's not a sexy candidate. Give me the McVay. You know, give me the Shanahan candidate. I want the young up-and-comer. I want the hungry guy who's never held the position but who wants it and who's going to work for it and who has the brains for it and the familiarity with it, and that would be all the signs reporting to one guy, and that's Adam Peters. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Now, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know a whole heck of a lot about Champ Kelly. So, you know, I'm going to do some uh, some research on him. Other than the surface stuff, you did a good job kind of encapsulating that in the article you had today, Zach, that, you know, kind of his um, his path through becoming a scout to get moving up in the front office. And so I would I would recommend you guys head on over to milehighhuddle.com after this podcast and read that article. Hey, uh, Deshaun, thank you for that super chat, my friend. Really appreciate it. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter so we can shout you out after the show. Zach, another exception, again, is the Drew Locke thing. Like, if you're a GM, it almost has to be a scenario where the GM likes Drew, right? It can't just be a situation where the GM comes in and and is told, well, you can either keep Drew or, you know, make your own decision, get someone in the draft, sign a, a veteran, make a trade, whatever. It almost has to be a guy – not almost has to, but I almost I, I see Elway kind of looking for the guy who shares his vision on Drew, and I just don't think that the the view or the the opinion of Drew outside Denver in terms of the NFL is as favorable as it is in John Elway's mind. Um, your thoughts? Well, it's it's an interesting situation because Elway wants to give the GM total control, but you don't want to cut off his legs. You don't want to emasculate him. You want to let him pick his quarterback. But if that quarterback is not Drew Locke, it, it's an awkward position for the franchise to be in because they've invested so much in Locke. And he had a really good game in the season finale, so his stock right now is probably at its highest. Then you step his biggest supporter in the front office steps down. It just adds more questions to a position that already had a lot of questions. I... A gun's in my head right now. I think the understanding with Fangio and Pat Shermer coming back, more so than Elway stepping down, is we want some sort of continuity. So the understanding with the new guy would be, listen, you have total control. You have final say. I'm going to get out of your hair. But maybe we would prefer, if you could, to have Locke atop the depth chart going into the season. Yeah, and what's the purpose of that continuity? Who who benefits? It's Locke. They want Locke to have that continuity. So how... You know, you got to assume that Elway's looking for not so much a yes man, but at least a yes man on the question of will you give Drew a, ch- a shot to be the guy uh, in 2021 to kind of this was his last stand. And again, that's why for some GMs, they're going, you know, I'll, I think I'll take some other opportunities. Uh, Deshaun, with the question, thank you for the super chat. Lewis Riddick, thoughts as the new GM? Zach, I know that this name intrigues you. Why does it intrigue you? I just I've been following his his analysis on ESPN and I know it's a far cry from running a team but everything he did in Philadelphia everything he did as a front office guy to this point I followed his career along I'm not going to say hardcore but just the way he breaks down the game the way he looks at the game very analytical but very common sense and no BS it, it aligns personally with my vision and my and my values and and all those uh, principles that I have about the NFL and usually Chad when you tend to like someone or support someone, it's because they match your ideals. And just listening to him and what he's accomplished and the way he views the game, just I think he'd be a great breath of fresh air for the Broncos or any front office. So for what it's worth, as an executive, he was a pro scout for Washington at the turn of the the millennium, uh, went on to become director of pro personnel for Washington from 05 through 07, went on to become a scout uh, with Philadelphia then became an assistant director of pro personnel in Philly and then director of pro personnel. But he ended up exiting right before the uh, Doug Peterson success, right? He, he ended up exiting about the time 
2013. I want to say that was the chip beginning of the Chip Kelly era, if I if I remember it correctly. But um, let's grab Oscar here. Appreciate you, my friend. He says, big day today. <clears throat> Didn't expect to see Elway step down so soon. I would like to see Adam Peters or Lewis Riddick get the keys to yeah. the team. We feel you. We feel you. I think there's going to be quite a few options out there on the table. I know that Bob Morris, I just saw the email notification, just sent it to me. He's uh, putting together a full comprehensive list of the, the true candidates for this job, and it's going to be published in as soon as this podcast is over. So watch for that. And I happen to think that if this move was planned weeks in advance, it's be, they've already had a short list of candidates lined up, and they're going to move. And even Elway said they're going to move fairly quickly. Don't be surprised, guys. I, I would love Lewis Riddick. I don't think it's very likely considering the other options he has out there. Do not be surprised if Adam Peters is the new GM, and that comes together fairly quickly. Okay, let me just, John, a quick uh, check here. Based Gase, Willie, Blake, David, Isaiah, Mark. We got quite a few until where I'm at sitting at Levi uh, around the six-minute mark. So, by the way, great to see Levi. We'll grab his super here in a second. But uh, Based Gase, good to see you, my brother. What are you going to do now that Adam Gase doesn't have a job? You're going to change the handle? Like, I mean, you're like a ship adrift. No rudder. Base case is gone, or maybe he's going to go back to being even more of a base case, right? If you're talking free base, that is. I mean, look at those eyes. If Fangio couldn't get the OC hire correctly, how can we allow him to get involved in the GM hire? Keep in mind, he has one more win over VJ. Or Fangio is here long-term. Riddick or Peters, please. No, those are all fair misgivings. Honestly, they are. Like, it's a, it's a really – I'll say unique situation because Zach, when Ozzie Newsom, because John Elway, this is a very similar model, different in many ways, but similar to what happened in Baltimore. But when Ozzie stepped down or went up, however you want to, you know, categorize it or posture it, they he had his his right hand man that they've been grooming for years, ready to go. So the, and he had a long tenured, established, not going anywhere head coach in John Harbaugh. So. It's a very different situation where it all was in an, an internal process. Zach, this is very different. It is. And the thing about Fangio, he's only allowed in this process because he was already going to be retained for this season. If he, if they don't commit to Vic Fangio, if they didn't want continuity and there wasn't a mulligan for this season, they would have fired Fangio. Ella would, Ella would have stepped down. They would have had a true, complete house cleaning. It's not the proper way to go about it. Usually the GM picks the head coach and everything rolls downhill, but this is a very unique situation and what's been a unique season overall for Denver. We just have to see how it plays out. I, I happen to think that Fangio is not going to have that much input considering he's a defensive guy only and, uh, he doesn't really have many, you know, hats in the arena. Um, he's going to be a part of it, but only by default, I think, because he's been retained for the season. This is the Overtime Pod. Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site, out on the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at WoodhouseBuickGMC.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. 
Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine, they pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Cast Network. Uh, Willie, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super. Big moves going forward. I want to keep luck. I've told you before that uh, I've said it many times, and this doesn't really shift my my view on Locke all that much. I mean, I think the Broncos went this far with Locke. You know, give him one more year and, and see what you can do with a healthy offense and some coaching continuity. But this GM shakeup, you know, it does change the what's best for the team uh, question. It really, it really does because what ends up becoming best for the team, I think, Zach, is you got to bring in a guy with a vision. And whatever that man's vision is, that's what you have to hold true to, you know, in terms of just accountability, focus, um, the whole nine yards. It needs to flow in the in the direction of what his vision is. Now, if he comes in and Drew is a part of that vision, then that's fine. But at the same time, I think it would only lead to more chaos, more uh, tumult, more ups and downs, more roller coaster. If you bring a GM in and have to strong arm him, Zach, on the whole Drew Lock issue. Well, he also has to look at the tape and be realistic. I mean, he can have different opinions on Locker. He can want to be aggressive and get a quarterback, but you have to look at it, you know, in practicality. They don't have an excess of cap space this offseason. And what cap space they have is going toward their other players. They don't have a surplus of draft picks. So it may be the new GM, whoever it is, they could want Zach Wilson in the draft. They can want Trey Lance in the draft. Doesn't mean they're going to realistically target them because of what Locke has done and because of how hamstrung they are at other spots. So I think Locke is going to be on the roster. I, I do think he will be more than likely the day one starter, but this just adds way more questions. And you figure you have to look at the new GM's background. If it's Adam Peters, he comes from a, an organization where they've had continuity with their quarterbacks. They've given Jimmy Garoppolo multiple chances, Nick Mullins, CJ Beathard. They know all about developing young quarterbacks. That Peters would bode well for someone like Locke, but someone like maybe Lewis Riddick or maybe someone like Rick Smith, they have different visions. They have different ideals that wouldn't bode well for Drew Locke. Right. Right. I mean, here's an idea. If the Broncos end up ultimately hiring a guy who is not as, you know, in, in love with the Drew Locke idea as, as Elway is, you know, as you said, his value is probably about as high as it's ever been since he entered the league in terms of the trading block. And you would maybe look at a team like San Francisco and and say, hey, what are, what are you willing to give up for Drew Luck? I'm not saying that's going to happen. I'm saying that that's, you know, it's, it's something that I think fans should start at least kind of opening the the door to in their minds as, as an eventuality because there's no guarantee that the GM who comes in is going to be uh, 100% committed to Luck in the same way that Elway kind of seems to be. Let's grab David here. Really appreciate that. Very generous super chat, my brother. Longtime superstar in this community. Really appreciate you. He says, I know Zach and other people say it's impossible, but to me, it makes too much sense for Peyton Manning to take the position. The way he is particular about every detail, 
and also knows today's NFL, knows the Broncos and their fan base. Let me throw a few other things that, that are attributes in the Peyton column. Let's call them pros versus cons. Here's a, here's a few more pros. His primary residence remains Denver, all right? So he'd be home. He'd, he'd be close to home when he goes to work at Dove Valley every day. Hey, it's, it's a hop, skip, and a jump from where he currently resides. Zach, another thing is that, you know, it would, it would be the same team with which, as he talks about, uh, Peyton Manning kind of blazed a, a path and a trail and has a lot of cachet. I mean, he would have a ca- had cachet anywhere, right? But especially in Denver and especially in Indianapolis, it makes too much sense. You said it right there, David. It makes too much sense. Here's where you, you start going to the, to the cons. Zach is, again, it's not ideal. If Peyton takes a job, he would want to be the man. And who knows? Right. Maybe Peyton's the only guy who John Elway would absolutely trust and be willing to just say, look, bring your magic to this. I know you don't have experience in the personnel department per se, but you know personnel. You played the game at the highest level possible for 18 years. Go do your thing. And maybe that's the one guy that you could kind of assume Elway would just say, I'm out. Do your thing. I'm here if you need me. You know, I'm I'm throwing away the nostalgia aspect because in the nitty-gritty real NFL, in the business sense, nostalgia means nothing. So the fact that he he won here and he spent time here, he has an investment here, it doesn't amount to much when you consider he's been the hottest rumored commodity for GM or any other position for years now since he walked away. Teams are waiting on pins and needles to see where he's going to go, what he wants to do. Is that when he finally makes that move, when he finally does become a GM, would he want to do it in Denver, even given the connection? Would he want to do it working technically under John Elway? That would be weird in itself. He's Peyton Manning with a losing franchise that doesn't have the luxury of other franchises in terms of a, a true franchise quarterback or $100 million in cap space or multiple draft picks. Would he want to hitch his reputation to building and fixing and rebranding, in a sense, the Broncos? He's... Say what you want about Peyton, great guy. His ego as well and his pride as well is right up there on the Elway scale. So I don't see him sacrificing that even for the emotional attachment of returning to Denver. I just don't see it at all, Chad. 0.0%. Yeah, I don't really see it happening. I, I wouldn't quite go as one, you know, absolute and say zero, but I think it's extremely unlikely. And as Cliff said, you know, a lot of people have already called Elway. Peyton hasn't been one of them, right? But at the same time, you know, you look at the psychological process that Peyton responds to. Back when he was a free agent, one of the reasons he was drawn to the Broncos was Elway and John Fox got on the phone and said, hey, we are we want to be in on this, Peyton. We want to make an offer. Let's meet. And once the meeting took place, Elway took his foot off the pedal and just let Peyton mull it over, talk to the other teams that were interested, do his thing. There was no pressure. There was no, you know, uh, Pete Carroll showing up at the airport and calling you trying to pressure you to come down and pick him up and let's talk. There's no weird, uh, you know, hijinks, so to speak. And Peyton liked that. He liked that Elway just made the pitch, made the offer and then backed off and let Peyton decide what was best. So in this case, maybe that could inform a similar approach if Elway was of a mind to even consider Peyton, because we got to remember Elway is probably going to be the the deciding factor here in terms of who the next hire is. Maybe he doesn't want a name like Manning coming in and kind of usurping the, uh, the the Elway juice or whatever. I don't know. But I could see it happening if Elway at least made the call and said, we'd love to talk to you. 
balls in your court, but just remember, you know, this is a process that has a little bit of a time clock to it. I wonder how Peyton would respond. Let's uh, grab Isaiah real quick, John, and then you can see if you can find Blake. He says, thank you for the super, by the way, Isaiah he says, I hate to say it, but when we get a new GM, the pe- uh, the percentage of Locke being the long-term QB goes down. I want Drew to succeed when he's given a full off season. We're right there with you. I mean, that's we said that on yesterday's pod. We didn't foresee Elway stepping down yesterday, but I think that was a great audition that he passed with flying colors, and he, it bought him a, a longer leash into the next season. And it's the truth, though. As we've mentioned, or I've mentioned multiple times now, this new guy, whoever it is, he has no loyalty. He didn't draft Locke. He wasn't around for Locke. He might get another quarterback. We all have our preferences, and Chad and I, we align with the same one. We want to see him get a real shot with a healthy team in a normal year in 2021 uh real quick i want to give a shout out here to levi hope who has a really cool job i'm not going to share anything that levi doesn't want anyone to know but he's got a really cool job let me just put it that way there are some hints behind me Uh, after you take a screenshot of this and eventually go back and and start doing this and blowing it up and looking what's behind me there's there is a hint but that's as far as i gotta go levi it's so great to have you back with us my friend you're uh, part of the family that we have missed, and I know that that uh, work and being out of uh, being abroad kind of got in the way. So, welcome back. Thanks for the support, as always, my brother. And the T-shirt still looks great on you, my dog. He says, "Finally back to the states. Holy moly, I missed a lot. Good to see y'all again. It is great to see Levi, Zach." Yeah, hopefully you've had a great new year and you're ringing it in with uh, the bombshell that came out today, Chad. The Broncos are going to get a new GM, so it's it's wild times in Broncos country. Blake Edwards, appreciate that super chat, my friend. Make sure you connect with us on Twitter. He says, moment of positivity. Favorite GM Elway moments for me, number one, the signing of Peyton. Number two, his Jerry Judy draft selection or uh, reaction. Uh, His GM years weren't all terrible. Show some love. No, no, absolutely not. I mean, Elway is the, he's believed to be, and I don't know why uh, Broncos PR department uses that verbiage, but Elway's believed to be, uh, in terms of his first 100 games, any GM's first 100 games as a GM, his 71 wins in his first 100 games are believed to be the most for an NFL GM ever. He's accomplished quite a bit, five division titles, two AFC titles, one world championship. I mean, the number of pro bowlers now with uh, Justin Simmons and Bradley Chubb getting the nod this year that he has either drafted, signed, or extended has has grown. I mean, it hasn't been all bad. The problem is, Zach, you wrote it in your story today. Actually, it might have been on Twitter. I can't recall now. The pi- the pivotal turning point that sunk Elway yep. was VJ. Yep, that, it was the biggest mistake of his of his GM ship, Chad, by far and away. Throw away the quarterbacks. Throw away everything else. Hiring VJ over Kyle Shanahan was the number one blight on Elway's resume. It set the franchise back at least five years, and you know what? They're still recovering from that. In terms of favorite. Moments of uh, Elway as GM. I got to think this one's for Pat is number oh, yeah. one for everyone. That was an insane moment. Goosebumps everywhere. And also the acquisition of Case Keenum in his intro, in the intro press conference, he calls him Case Keesum. And right, I'll right. never forget that. I was, uh, this is off to a great start. Yeah, that was not a, that was not a positive omen uh, or harbinger <laughs> there. Uh, John, all right, let me see here real quick. I'll give you a quick – yeah, go ahead if you have Mark. We've got Mark, John, and then we're about where I'm at after Levi. So if you've got Mark, well, let's grab him here. Appreciate you, my friend. We'll call him MAI, MAI in the house. Can't wait to see how this whole thing goes. 
like Fangio said to Judy, this is a defining moment. Regardless of mistakes, John is a legend. Hashtag Super Bowl 50, hashtag number seven. He really is. And that's why the Broncos and Joe Ellis, I, I tip my cap to him, is being very uh, kid gloves with how he's handling this whole process. Heads had to roll. Changes needed to happen. They're posturing this as a, you know, you know. I mean, look, here's the most obvious evidence that this was not voluntary, okay? Matt Russell retired, a guy that has slaved away for 20 years in the personnel departments of this league, working his way up from being a scout to where he is today, being groomed to become a GM. Elway's right hand, not even in the conversation. Or no, you're retiring, dude. And, you know, a guy like Russell's always going to have opportunities in the NFL. He'll take a little time, I'm sure. But anytime he wants to crack back into the league, there's not a team in the league that won't listen to his phone call, take his phone call and say, can we find a place for this dude? He's very knowledgeable and well-regarded in the league. But the fact that Elway's not only, you know, stepping up, however you want to call it, but it also coincided with Russell being X'd out of the equation, that tells you everything you need to know. Yeah, and you know what? I, I Cliss put this perfectly uh, on Twitter today. He said Elway is the Mount Rushmore of Colorado sports. And say what you want about the guy. He, he is a true Colorado Broncos legend. And no matter what he did during his GM tenure, a lot of bad drafting years, a lot of bad quarterback signings. He picked the wrong head coach at least one time now. He did a lot more good than bad, though, for the Broncos. The results speak for themselves, and he will always be revered. He will always be known as that legend, as John Elway. That's not going to change just because he stepped down this season. Uh, Cora Natude Space, Clark Hash Prezi. Interesting uh, handle on YouTube. Appreciate that super chat, my friend. And um, we'll keep an eye out for a comment here in the chat. Almost got you on the first word there. <laughs> oh, I know, right? Right. Um, uh, John Clay. Hold on. Let me let me see if I can. I went too far down to just. Oh, there it is. Now go ahead and throw them up, John. John Clay, eventing, eventing, eventing. Appreciate that super chat, my friend. A lot of names that are new to uh, super chat here tonight, Zach, and we love and appreciate each one of them. That's right. Welcome to the, all the newcomers. Uh, Fat Cats, a name that we have seen on Super Chat before. Appreciate you. He says, any chance a new GM can come in and put an end to this Shermer Fangio bad experiment? More important, how can we keep Locke as the man next year? Um, On that first point, Zach, there's still a part of me that feels like another shoe might drop on the whole Fangio thing. But at the same time, everyone I've talked to, and I have made some calls on this, says that the top of the food chain is Ellis. And then it's Elway still, even though he's stepping back from the day-to-day stuff. And they both love Vic in the role. So unless a GM that they absolutely coveted, this is the only way I could see it changing. If Elway Ellis coveted a particular GM, maybe it's an Adam Peters, maybe it's someone else. And they said, I'll take the job, but I'm picking my, my own head coach. That's it. That's the only way I could see it maybe changing. But don't 100% rule it out. It's just unlikely. If it hasn't happened by now, it's not going to happen because the Broncos wouldn't have any candidates to choose from if they wait. I mean, it, the, the early bird gets the worm when it comes to head coaching searches, and they can't wait another month. You know, every day is crucial here. So Fangio is on board. I mean, Elway and Ellis went through with their word on that. He's retained for 2021, and with that, likely Pat Shermer and much of the coaching staff. The other shoe I can see dropping maybe Ed Donatel walking away. You know, he had the health issues with CV this season. Tom McMahon, I think it's inevitability he gets fired. But beyond this, I think this is the only true bombshell, Chad. 
of the coaching and front office hierarchy this year. Uh, Tanner C. jumping in. Appreciate you. He says, if the Finns decide to move on and want a third for Tua, does Denver take it and have a competition? I really don't see that happening, A. And B, if it did, I don't see that happening. No, I think it's Drew or a new quarterback in the draft. Pretty much end of story. And by the way, real quick, just shout out, Chad, thank you for the stars. I don't understand, though, why people are believing that Miami could give up on Tua after only one year. I mean, he's coming back from major hip surgery. They were in playoff contention. He played decently well. He wasn't perfect. They're not going to draft another quarterback. More likely, they draft uh, 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 Sewell, the tackle from Oregon, before they draft another quarterback. And even if they passed on him, why would the Broncos move up six spots when they can maybe have a quarterback fall in their laps at number nine? So, no, no way. Um, John, I'm missing Smith Corona and quite a few others. The the next one that I have in the chat that just jumped is our great friend. I'll grab him now. Dave from Georgia. Good to see you, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, hey, guys, what are the ramifications of releasing Juwan James? That signing was a head scratcher to begin with. It really was. Uh, Zach, it was, I want to say it's it's $10 million. It's north of $10 million dead money this year, plus there'd be dead money next year. And it was interesting to hear what Garrett Bull said today. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, Juwan James, I'll paraphrase him because I want to kind of keep the conversation on uh, the GM situation. But he basically said that uh, Juwan James has to earn back the trust of his teammates after sitting out this season. Now, let's go back in time for just a second to the door, you know, to, to when he opted out. There was a lot of, uh, for lack of a better term, you know, virtue signaling over, hey, you know, that's his right. Not much is known about the the bug and all this stuff. And you know, he's got a unique family situation, some mother-in-law or somebody he was had some, you know, breathing or pulmonary issues that made them a little higher risk. And so, you know, it's like, and that's fine, true. But to the guys who still suited up, you don't think that they had, could, I mean, no matter who you are, even if you don't personally have a high risk um, exposure to, to, to the bug, everyone has or knows someone that they, in their family, friends, someone that, is and and same goes for those players, you know, and yet they played. And so I think that's true. It was one of those very uh almost like out of the mouths of babes. You didn't expect him to say it, but if anyone was going to say something like that, it's going to be Garrett Bowles because he doesn't fully grasp or aware or is aware of the fact that he just created a controversy. <laughs> and that is Juwan James, your teammates don't trust you anymore, dog. Nor should they. And I, I actually really like what Garrett Bowles said. You know, he yeah. said, well, welcome, welcome him back with open arms. But he said he has a lot to, of work to do to get back that trust. And that's a very honest and brutal assessment. And it, he got some some crap on Twitter for that because he, he was, you know, uh, criticizing Juwan James for opting out in the pandemic. It wasn't just that, though. He literally quit on his team the year before as well. He could have came back from that injury, Chad, and chose to sit out and collect his paycheck when the other teammates around him were busting their butts and blood and sweat and tears. And you know what? Von Miller has asthma. He has a pre-existing condition. He played. He got it. He's (laughs) relatively okay. It it was just the culmination of two years in a row. He got this huge market-resetting contract, Jawan James, and contributed, what, 20 snaps? What was it? Mm-hmm. Uh, 60 some odd snaps. 60 snaps. My apologies. Something like that. But the point remains the same. Yeah. I mean, right? Are we really going to quibble over the difference between 20 or 62 snaps when the dude got paid $54 million or whatever it was, 51 maybe? Uh, it's, all, it, it's, all, it's all the same. Smith Corona, good to see you, my dog. He says, what's up, buddies? Crazy times. 
feels like there's going to be a new <laughs> or something. Hey, could we expect anything less after the 2020 year that it was? Find your next truck at Woodhouse Buick GMC. No matter where you're heading or what tasks need tackling, there's a premium and capable GMC truck that's perfect for you. Make a statement on the job site out in the town, or wherever life leads you in the powerful and distinctive Sierra 1500, or elevate your driving experience in the adventurous and innovative canyon. Explore our inventory online at woodhousebuickgmc.com or visit our indoor showroom today. Woodhouse Buick GMC, we are professional grade. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promotes surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Is that 2021 wouldn't at least start off with some kind of a bang? We gotta wait for orange smoke to come from Dove Valley. That's when we'll know there's a new GM. Indeed. Um, John, while uh, you get whoever you got queued up next, I'll just grab Mr. Castillo. Appreciate you, Mr. Castillo. By the way, if you're on Twitter, my friend, I look for you every time you're in the chat. I look for you on Twitter. Uh, connect. Let us know who you are. Even if uh, you're already following or we're already connected, a lot of times the names, the handles are different. Whatever your handle on YouTube is might not be the same as on Twitter. And so make sure you raise your hand and let us know who you are. But appreciate you. He says, uh, for Jay Walsh, shouldn't we embrace the rebuild on defense as this will permit more money to be spent on the offense to help lock hashtag season of giving? Shouldn't we embrace the rebuild on defense as this will permit more money to be spent on the offense? But you can't embrace a rebuild when you need positions that need to be filled. I mean, part of rebuilding is filling those spots. So they're going to rebuild certain areas. They have to rebuild cornerback with Bouye probably gone and Callahan uh, question mark now. They did an inside linebacker. They may need a defensive end or two with Shelby Harris and Gerald Casey up in the air. Yeah, I understand the premise here, but they have to devote resources down to defense, and especially since they kept a head coach with a defensive background. Yes. Um, Dylan Vaughn, good to see you, my friend. We love you. Is it Dylan Vaughn Arks? I'm curious if, if I pronounce that correctly. I've always That's how I've always said it in my head. But uh, let me know, my friend. Appreciate you. He says, if Drew is gone due to our new GM, Zach Wilson is my guy. So let's just assume, let's just for the sake of a conversation here, say the new GM comes in and finds a trading partner, dishes Drew Locke, and goes into the 2021 draft wide open at quarterback. Who would you want the Broncos to target? This, or I mean, it's early in the draft season for guys like you and I, but who 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 would you want? Wilson. He, he, he won me over. I, I love his game. I, I just think he's the total package. Uh, he comes from a good program. He's, he's poised. He has arm talent. He's a lot more of a safer prospect with a higher upside, in my opinion, than, uh, than Fields and, and Trey Lance. I like Wilson a lot in this draft. And if, if it's not Locke, I'd be okay with Zach Wilson. Kenneth Booker, thank you, my friend. 
He says, Champ Kelly sounds too much like Chad <laughs> Kelly, pass, and too much like Champ Bailey. I wrote that in the story. Well, we'll be the last time that. if they hire him. I was driving around running some errands today, and uh, <laughs> I'm thinking, Champ Ke- uh, Bailey, Champ Kelly, too close. I don't like it, it. That rubs me wrong, too, because that is a consideration, whether you people want to admit it or not. Um, football teams think of these type of things. They don't want to conf- they don't want to muddy the water when it comes to the legacy of Hall of Famers. I mean, Champ Bailey is now a Hall of Fame player. And do you, do you want a, the new GM to be confused with Champ Bailey? I mean, their names are so close. I get it. It's different consonants <clears throat> in terms of how their last names are spelled. But it's Lee. Champ Bailey, Champ Kelly. So, and of course, as you say there too, uh, Kenneth, Chad Kelly. You know, kind of just too too muddy. Yeah, that's why. I, I don't want him to get the position. I, just on that alone. <laughs> Give it to Peters. Much. Too much uh, Chad Kelly. uh, uh, PTSD. Yes, that's the word. Thank you. Uh, George, good to see you. Man, thank you for that generosity, brother. Thank you, George. Hope you're doing well, and hope things are continuing to improve on your end. Appreciate you, my friend. He's a Mount Rushmore superstar, and he's showing it right now. Why? He says, now that the season is done, I want Shermer, Fangio, and special teams coach gone. Locke is our QB, and he has the tools to make it happen. Elway is out. Let's bring this home. All right, so Elway's out. He wants to keep Locke, but he wants to fire the coaching staff. You know, the problem with that, George, it makes too much sense. As I said earlier in this show, it's a very unique situation that Elway's stepping down and is going to hire the new a new head coach. And let's remember, Vic Fangio's only won, what is it, 12 games in two full seasons, right? So, you know, why are you keeping him? Seriously, why? If, yeah. And if it's only for the sake of continuity – then that can only be for the sake of, I would assume, Drew Locke. So is it really going to be ultimately worth it, depending on what you might have to give up or in terms of that ideal GM hire that you might be pining for if you're the Broncos? Maybe they don't take this job because it's not carte blanche. You know, they don't get to reset the board the way they see fit. There are some, some you know, things they have to acquiesce to. They have to kind of be on board with, at least initially. And you're still going to have – Elway looking over your shoulder. You're still going to have Joe Ellis looking over your shoulder. You don't really get the full run of the asylum when you're the Broncos GM. And it's definitely interesting. If this was like a John Gruden situation, he had a 10-year contract, I can see him being able to pick the GM or having influence. But not only is Fangio, he's a lame duck. He might be fired by the same guy he's helping hand pick. That is a weird setup for and not sustainable for success going forward for the Broncos. Appreciate Steven jumping in. Uh, with the super chat, one of our superstars, and helping out a little bit in the chat as well as a mod. So thank you, Stephen, for the super. He says, hey, guys, great work as always. We appreciate you, my friend. And I thought it was interesting. Stephen brought up a good point. I don't know if it was on Twitter or if it's been in the chat tonight. Uh, Forgive me, I can't recall exactly. But on the topic of continuity, all right, if you're trying to view this um, through as as – glass half full of a perspective as possible. The last time Drew Locke had OC scheme, you know, playbook continuity from one year to the next was going from uh, sophomore to junior year at Mizzou. And that junior year, so year two of that continuity, he went on to set the new SEC record for touchdown passes, which has now since been broken by, by Joe Burrow, but he threw 44 touchdowns as a junior because of, and he credits, he even talked about that today to Drew. Uh, the co- the continuity at OC. 
Yeah, and there's someone, maybe it's Fangio or maybe it's Joe Ellis. There's someone, though, that likes Pat Shermer, that, you know, they, they fired Scangarello to hire him. They're keeping him for another year, and he has no, in my opinion, he doesn't warrant another season. And you can make the case that Fangio doesn't as well. Very weird setup. It's like Elway, it, he preached continuity, Chad. We talked about it a week ago, and then a week later he steps down as a GM. It's, what are we doing here? It's It's interesting. Yeah. It's weird. And according to Elway, this has been in the works for a couple weeks, all right? I think the watershed moment, again, was Buffalo. I think Buffalo, Joe uh, Joe Ellis said, look, we got to, you know, I got to do something. So, John, let's talk about how we can, the best way possible to do this to serve the team's interests and protect your legacy as the icon that you are for the Denver Broncos. Muhammad, appreciate your super, my friend. I'm sorry the chat jumped you. And neither myself or John can go back and grab it. But thank you so much, MHH Mill Model. Everyone knows who Mohamed Badri is. Love you, buddy. He says, I would love Lewis Riddick. And, Zach, that seems to be sharing a brain with, with you, at least in part. Yeah, he has uh, – I saw it in the comments, and I've seen it on Twitter before. He has a great um, quote or a great mindset about not giving up on young quarterbacks, and that's exactly the kind of mindset you need in Dove Valley right now. Real quick, though, Chad, to tack on to your previous point, you mentioned you put air quotes around a couple weeks and how this has been planned. Remember in 2016, Kubiak's final season, when he resigned due to health issues, they said that him and Elway had a conversation before the Kansas City game. I believe that was the Christmas night game that year. Mm-hmm. and they said that's when it started to come into focus. We questioned that then, or at least I did it on my own, as I'm probably sure you did as well, but I wonder, though, how much of yesterday's loss influenced Elway's decision. If they would have won that game on the back of Locke, would he have maybe reconsidered? I don't know. Well, and again, that's I, I'm with you on that, but the, we all has, also have to consider, did it, was it within his power to reconsider? Because True, that's a good point. Joe Ellis is the ultimate shot caller. Uh, with there being no owner, he's got the keys to the Pat Bowen Trust. What he says goes at bottom. And even though he's not a football guy, he's a business guy. Even though he's not a personnel guy, he he does have to answer to 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 people. He has to answer to the Bowen family, even though right now it's very in disarray. And he has to answer to the fans. And then he also has to answer to the media, you know. And so they tried every which way for Elway's vision to fix this thing post Super Bowl 50 and nothing panned out. The time had come. Uh, Jay Rich, appreciate you, my dog. He says, fellas, I believe Vic is a good coach. Got a lot out of a little this year. Has his shortcomings, but got a lot out of this team. New GM, will the new GM believe in Locke? We don't know. We don't know yet, man. That's one of the big questions and we're not going to lie to you uh, or blow smoke up your, you know, your figurative skirt and we don't know. We don't know. And that's one of the big questions, Zach. Um, I want your thoughts on that. And then I want to grab this quote from Elway. We'll read it. So in, in case people missed it, I'm just wondering though, what did Fangio get out of this team? They went five and 11 and take away sacks. What did he individually and single-handedly do to coax something positive out of Denver this season? I understand again, the excuses, the injuries, the pandemic, I get all that, but what did he really do for the Broncos this year, he lost them the game yesterday, Chad. And this is not, it wasn't the first time. Five losses in the in the final possession of the game on coaching in his tenure. This is a problem with Vic Fangio. And I'm questioning, at least personally, is he the right guy for this job? Yeah. I mean, the Broncos would have finished this season seven and nine, which is still not acceptable and still would have kept them on the outside looking in. 
if Vic Fangio doesn't botch two games, both of them bookended perfectly, one to open the season, one to end right. it in terms of, you know, the, the the crunch time decisions. But let me just read this question because, you know, this is something key and uh, pressing on the minds of fans, whether they're for Drew Locke to remain the guy in 2021 or against it and want some, you know, want to find a, a new guy. How the team is viewing this right now is penultimate. Here's what Elway said on, you know, what's this, what is all this, this shakeup? What does this mean for Drew? Quote, I still have high hopes for Drew. I think he obviously is a young quarterback that's got potential. And I think he's got potential to be a very, very good quarterback in this league and play in this league and lead teams to victories. Obviously, he's very young, and you never know how that reaction and how that transition is going to go. But I thought that he showed a lot of good signs this year. With young quarterbacks, you're going to run into inconsistency problems, which Drew had this year. But I think when I look at Drew's makeup and what he's about, he wants to be great. He wants to learn, and he wants to get better. I think that Drew's has a chance to be a darn good football player in this league. Now, this offseason is going this off season is going to help tremendously. Last year, you look at everything that we went through as far as no offseason and <clears throat> a new offensive coordinator, which is the worst thing that could have happened for a really young quarterback and our young players. It was very unfortunate what happened, but it was tough on everybody, meaning the NFL at large. I realized that too. I think this offseason, here's the bottom line, I think this offseason will be a chance for Drew to dig in and work hard, which I know he will, and see if he can make the necessary strides to be able to be that guy, close quote. So, Zach, hmm. he's not saying anything definitively right now because he can't really. You know, a lot is dependent on and contingent on what this GM who gets hired ultimately right. has to say on the issue. But clearly they want Drew to attack this offseason and come back and be the guy in uh, Elway, that is, in a perfect world. And I think Fangio's on the same page. I think Elway and Fangio share that uh, objective. But, Zach, there's no guarantee the GM will. Again, I don't think people outside of Denver in the league are as rosy about Drew as Elway and Fangio are. But then again, you know, if you're not on the inside of the building and seeing how he is in meetings and seeing how he interacts with his players and all the little behind-the-scenes intangible aspects that go into it there's probably a reason why Elway and Fangio are more favorable uh, favorable than Drew than maybe some of the outside league and once a GM comes in maybe he'll see that and catch the vision too but at this stage we just don't know this quote looks a lot different if he didn't step down today you know he, he would have went up there and like we 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 kind of thought he would do is not maybe anoint lock the 2021 starter but use a little more definitive language there active language not passive language he said to be able to make the necessary strides to be able to be the guy. I mean, how much more tenuous could you put that for someone like Locke? He has to work to possibly be the guy at quarterback for Denver. Reading too much into it, you can say maybe this is a quarterback competition brewing. Maybe they're not high on him anymore. Maybe Elway knows the new GM has no loyalty, whatever. I do like what he's saying, though. It's a fair evaluation. You can't commit to him. You can't decommit to him. I just would have liked to see a little more certainty in Elway's tone. Right. Again, I think it's another sign here that uh, in many ways, I don't want to say Elway has been emasculated. I don't want to say Elway has been cut out at the knees, but his keys to the kingdom in many ways I think has been revoked. So he can't go out on the line and give any absolutes on Drew because the message from on high to who he's ultimately answering to, and this is just conjecture. This is my view on the issue, uh, my opinion. Joe Ellis is calling the shots on this whole thing ultimately. Even though we're being told that John's going to have kind of the be the impetus on choosing the next GM, 
But Zach, really quick, the other issue well on the minds, we took a super chat on this topic at the top of the show, but the issue of Vaughn Miller, all right, will he be retained? Here's what Elway said, quote, and will he be involved in decisions like that, which also ropes in Shelby and, and Simmons. Quote, yes, I'll be involved in that, and we'll see which direction. We'd love to have Vaughn finish his career here. Okay, let's remember that. We'd love to have Vaughn finish his career here. He's been a great Bronco for a long, long time, and that will be one of the big decisions we have in the offseason. The goal is to get Vaughn back and have him end his career here, close quote. So, Zach, the goal is to keep Vaughn here. Whether that goal is achieved, we'll see. That goal takes two to tango, as what Elway's saying there. He, it, it sounds like they're going to approach him about a restructure. And that was always going to be the likelihood, but that's what Elway, I think he's setting up for that. I think he's he's priming the media and the fan base and Miller himself that the front office, the new GM, uh, and the cap guy, they're all going to go to Vaughn and say, listen, we want you back. We want you to stay here, but we can't pay you this this season. We can't pay you like a franchise quarterback. You haven't done much for two seasons now. We got to do something about this. Of course, they like to see him stay there. It's it's a PR move as well, Chad. You're retaining the franchise building block, a future Hall of Famer, to let him get away wouldn't look great either. So again, it's a it's a very GM speak kind of answer from Elway, even though he's not the GM anymore. All right, we uh, have officially crossed the one hour mark, and uh, it's okay to let our hair down and go a little long today, considering this being one of the biggest news days in the history of the Denver Broncos. But uh, we do have quite a bit of other housekeeping duties we got to get to for, uh, for MHH. So let's rapid fire through these and get to everybody. We don't want anyone feeling like they're on the outside looking in when it comes to our superstars. Dennis, love you, my friend. He says, I know nothing about GM candidates counting on you guys for keeping the info flowing. Thanks guys. Appreciate you both. Denver Broncos for life. Hashtag state of being from Michigan. Really appreciate Thank that. You, Dennis. Let me just drop a few names. Okay. Um, and I want to credit Bob Morris, who uh, sent this over. It hasn't been published. So for details and all the insight on each one of these guys, make sure you guys go read this article at milehighhuddle.com uh, once this podcast is over. But we've already mentioned a couple of them, or a few of them. Champ Kelly, who's currently in the Bears front office. Adam Peters, currently in the Niners front office. And then he mentions John Spytek, all right, who's with the Tampa Bay Bucks. That's a cool uh, name. It, it is a cool name, right? Spytek. I expect to see it on the side of like some sunglasses. <laughs> Bosley. Um, but he's a former Bronco. All right. He was, has been in the Broncos front office in years past. Uh, then we've got Rick Smith. We've already mentioned him. Uh, Dave Ziegler, Ziegler of the New England Patriots, also had a tie to Denver back during the McDaniels era. Uh, Thomas Dimitrov, long time, mm. long time Atlanta Falcons GM that was recently uh, relieved of his duties. Another guy who could be wanting another GM job so badly, he'd be willing to acquiesce to some of these unique situations. Um, Kevin Kelly, not to be confused with Champ. How could you? Big difference. Uh, of the Chargers, director of college scouting for the Chargers. Uh, and I think that that sums it up on this list. So, so those are some of the names out there besides guys like John Dorsey, which we've mentioned. Peyton Manning is like the most unrealistic option, but you never know. At the same time, Zach, I want to say this. When the Colts cut Peyton Manning, in no way, shape, or form did I think the Broncos would make a push for him. And if and and once they did, in no way, shape, or form did I think Peyton was going to choose the Broncos. So I don't want to use any absolutes here. I just really don't think it's going to happen. 
Yeah, two more names um, is Ryan Poles. I mentioned him. He works in the Chiefs front office. Uh, very, very um, coveted up and comer. And also, I don't know how to pronounce his last name. Terry Fontenot from New Orleans. He's a, he's a New Orleans exec. He's also uh, every year he gets GM requests. A couple other games to throw out there. I still think though it's Adam Peters. He's the front runner right now. And again, don't be surprised, guys, if this is announced by the end of the week, if not sooner. Um, Edved seven ninety six, a new name on Super Chat. Welcome, Welcome. Edved. Appreciate you connect with us on Twitter. He says, "Chad, you're hired as the new GM, and Zach is your right hand man. Assuming the head coach and OC are untouchable, give me your top six moves priority." Um, all right, I'll uh, I'll say. Let's double team it. Let's just collective six moves. Let's do it. What's what's your move number? Figure one? out the quarterback. Okay. Uh, fire Tom McMahon. <laughs> okay. I, I'm sorry. Pay Shelby Harris. Pay Justin Simmons. Are you optioning Vaughn? I would option Vaughn. Yeah, I pick up Vaughn's option. Here's That's how it. I do it though. I'd restructure. Um, James Campbell had a very nice story over the weekend. Shout out to James. Go give it a read. He had a very nice um, idea in terms of like, here's what a restructure could look like to lower the cap hit in 2021 and then keep Vaughn here for another few years. Bring back Vaughn. So one more. What would that last move be? Well, I mean, I want to cut three guys. Uh, Boye, Jarrell Casey, Kareem Jackson. Take your pick of the three. I think one of them should go. So that's that's my first orders of business as your right-hand man, Chad. And if it's me. And if it's us, if it's if it's Jensen Kelberman era in the Broncos front office, big ticket. Are we keeping Drew? I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna go ahead him. and say let me let me rely on my scouts a little bit. Let me see what they have to say about this QB class, and then I'll make a decision. But I'd lean toward keeping Drew on the roster. Yeah, I mean keeping him as a starter. That's I want to see how maybe the offseason plays out. But yeah, he's definitely on the roster for the season. Really good question though, my friend. Yeah, uh, Gilster thirty seven. Wow, thank you for the super chat. Really appreciate that. Gilster, often in the chat, super chat. Wow, that means a lot to us, buddy. He says, how about Daniel Jeremiah as GM, another uh, media guy? Kind of, you know, John Lynch, of course, was a former player that went from media to a front office. I think Je- Daniel Jeremiah, I can't remember his full story, but pretty sure he's d- done some scouting in the league. He's been in some Eagles. front office. That's right. That's right. What's your thought to this? He's another really, really great, interesting mind. He had a GM interview last year, didn't he? Didn't he? he wasn't there a rumor he was hired, then he had to dispute that rumor. He's been coveted as well. Um, Mike Mayock was the first to make that jump, though, as the draft expert in the media, and then he became the GM of the Raiders. I would take Riddick over Jeremiah, but I wouldn't cry if Jeremiah was in charge of the, the front office. Naj, good to see you, my brother. Appreciate the generosity, as always. He says, I do believe this this is what's best for the team at this point. I think the new GM will ultimately decide Fangio's fate, which will take that away from Elway. Fresh ideas and the sense of uncertainty should help this team grow. And it's good that people are seeing heads are rolling, man. I mean, we're not putting up with this anymore. If you're the Denver Broncos, that sends a signal from the top to the bottom. I agree, Naj. You know, it's something had to change. There had to be a, a visionary shift a philosophical shift and Elway's philosophies I think served the team well for a long time, but he talked about it today. The NFL, what it has become makes it a very difficult league to win in. And if you don't make the right decisions, just the one wrong decision, whether it's at the coaching personnel draft, whatever free agent, 
if you make one wrong decision, it can set you back. It's not like the old days. You know, the parody is so much more intense now uh, and even that you just I think the NFL, frankly, Zach, just kind of passed John by despite him being there in shotgun with the NFL as it moved along. Yeah, and it seems like at least in Denver, you know, obviously the the Pat Boland standard has eroded. And it, it rings hollow now. It used to be to win titles. Nothing less than that. Win titles. Be a premier, landmark, elite NFL franchise. And the Broncos, for five years now, have not done that. They've been the opposite of that. And just having a winning record now was a goal they were aspiring to. That's crap. That doesn't cut it for what Pat Boland instilled in this franchise. And if Joe Ellis did spearhead this move, because he can't sell this to the fan base, because he can't go on anymore with the status quo. You know what? I commend him for that. How much more longer could we go on with the losing chat, with the non-playoff list seasons, with being a joke and becoming memes and getting screwed over by the NFL? That also could have been a tipping point. You wonder, with a better GM in place, or I wonder how much Elway blamed, uh, excuse me, Ellis blamed Elway for the NFL not respecting the Broncos. You know, it's just all these tinfoil hat theories pop into your mind. But I do think Elway needed, or Elvis needed a, you know, just a, a breath of fresh air. And the only way to do that was to posture it this way as a resignation or a step down, like Kubiak. Yeah. Uh, Corey H., appreciate you, my friend. Good to see you. He says, I don't think things are changing as much as some think. Elway returns to his original job and just not dealing with day-to-day grind. If he wasn't still in charge, why did he get to keep the coach? He, I think, is still in charge in the weirdest, ten, most tenuous macro sense, but people miss the people really do underestimate how much of a grind being a GM in the league is. And he, he talked a little bit about this today. It's very different than it used to be. It is now a 70 to 80 hour a week gig. And it ain't just during football season or just during the off season. It's round the clock. And for John Elway, I'm just wondering here how much of that grind really wore at him. I mean, he's no spring chicken anymore and helped him kind of lose the focus and lose the the juice. He said today that his competitive fire has not left him. It's the same as it's ever been. But in terms of being able to harness that, to grasp it and actually make it, um, shape it into something that gets you the results, I think he's lost the ability to do that within the scope of running the team. Give that duty over to someone else. He's there for some of the macro decisions, but go – make the decisions, make the draft picks, you know, hire which scouts, keep which scouts you want, hire which ones you don't, um, or you do, you know, make the free agent calls, make the contract calls, the option on Vaughn, this and that. I'm here if you need me. He still could step in at any moment, Zach, in a fell swoop and, and you know, veto a particular thing. But I really don't think he's of a mind to do that. I think at this point he really is ready to kind of step down and let someone else carry this torch. Yeah, he mentioned the birth of his, seven, his seventh grandchild. And he's he's in his 60s now, and he used a great phrase. He said, the runway is getting smaller. And I thought that was such a great way to put that. He Listen, he's a human being like everybody else. He's been around the NFL for 40 years now. I mean, he's, he's, he's probably burnt out as well. And he's, for the betterment of the franchise, stepping aside, letting new blood take over. I mentioned it's a young man's business. That extends not just to the head coach, but also upstairs. Real quick, John. So the stream just jumped from Tony, which I have here. <clears throat> Uh, we need uh, W.E., Gage, Willie, Jason, Matthew, Holden, and then the next one I have is Ron, and then I think we're, we can get out of here. But um, D.A. Dub, love you, buddy. Good to see you, Tony. He says, uh, smart by Elway. 
Now, how fair is it for the new GM? Can't pick his coaching staff and probably going to push lock on him. Thoughts? Hit the like button. Thanks for that, buddy. Um, yeah, it's a really unique situation, and that's why not every GM who's in the conversation is going to want the job, Zach. Well, again, the, the GMs that will interview for the job, they know the deal as well. They know they're not going to pick their head coach. They know they're probably stuck more than likely with Locke, at least on the roster. So it's not going to be a surprise. They know what they're signing up for if they sign. Uh, we so good to see you, my friend. He says, Falcons writers have done some research on Champ Kelly. Can't show the link on Super, but he has some big-time acquisitions in Chicago and Denver. Yeah, you know, we're just getting started on our end researching all these candidates as well. So, and again, you know, I don't I, I was I was being facetious, you know, I was I was being a little hyperbolic in how I was saying if it, you got Champ Bailey, you can't bring a Champ Kelly. All right, we were joking, but it is something that teams consider. I'm open to whatever the best guy is. All right. Seriously, whoever the best guy is, get him here. Yeah, but wouldn't those acquisitions fall on the GM? Not necessarily I mean, Champ Kelly, he wasn't making roster moves. I understand the premise of the question, but from what I've read, he's no more impressive to me than Adam Peters. And that still would be my number one choice. Jason Christopher. Good to see you, my brother. He says, I say Chad and Zach as co-GMs for the Broncos. <laughs> Elway, make it happen. I'm down, Chad. Are you? I don't want that job. I'll tell I'll, you right now. I'll take the salary. 80 hours, dude. <laughs> I'd love the $5 million a year or whatever. You know, that'd be, that'd be nice. Maybe that'd be worth it short term, but um. It's fun to fantasize and think these these type of things, right? And it's obviously, you know, Jason's joking here too. But I don't know if push came to shove, Zach, if I would really want that job. But then again, how can you really know until you're you're put into such a, a right. unique in uh, situation? It's also why I believe, real quick, why why would Peyton Manning want to work eighty hours a week? I mean, yep. he can call football games for ten million a year. Why would he want to put that blood, sweat, and grind in? when he would want to more than likely be an owner or a top, top exec like Joe Ellis. True. That's a, that's another con in terms of why would Peyton take it? He would have to have the drive. I mean, Elway, when Pat came knocking and said, Hey, you did a great job with the Colorado crush. You're an icon. We've won Super Bowls together. Come save the franchise. John did that because he had that competitive fire in his belly to put in the hours, you know, the 70, 80 hour work weeks around the clock. And, um, we don't know if, if Peyton has that quite yet. He's kind of, you know, he's only meandered and been retired for what, 16, 17, 18, 19, 25 years, right? He's going into the hall of fame this year and Elway bounced around for gall. Golly, it was, uh, tw- uh, 12 years before he came back. So not a huge gap in terms of the difference, but nevertheless, Willie, thank you, my friend. He says Bowles is underrated as a leader here. Now I would agree like underrated, but still not looked at now if he ends up bringing home an all pro if the ap and i hope he does i really am i'm hoping our boy garrett Bowles brings home an ap even if it's second team if he does i think that earns him a lot more cred but listen the players are very attuned to pff they care about what their grades are on pff and they see that Bowles is up there uh amongst the top one two three tackles in the game where's bns the Bowles bat signal went off i i, I agree I, I, he's been tremendous on the field. And what he said today about Juwan James, it, he caught flack, but not for me. I thought what he said was 100% acceptable and justified and, and refreshingly honest. I, what he's done this season, Chad, I've become a Garrett Bowles fan. And I never thought I'd hear those words escape my mouth. Gage, good to see you, my friend. Thank you for the super chat. He says, I honestly feel like part of the reason John made this move 
is to bring in the resources to contribute to developing Drew. You know, I don't know if that, that's part of the reason, but I think it still remains a, an objective in a perfect world for Elway. But when you take your step back like this, no longer can you create the conditions of a perfect world. You know, whoever comes in is going to have a say on what that world is. And it might not necessarily jive with what your view on Drew is, but I still think he told you right there, you know, they want it to work out with Drew, but right now it's an open-ended question because the GM could totally reshape that. And you can't force, you know, a quarterback on a GM. If this was Mahomes or Deshaun Watson in Houston, they need a GM and he's going to have some say in that decision. He's an elite quarterback. Elway has his preference for Locke, but he also realizes a new GM, if he gives him true final say, there's nothing he can do about that with protecting Locke. If he wants a new quarterback, the new GM, he'll get a new quarterback. Holden Adams, good to see you, brother. He says, how big a factor will not having an owner make for the new GM? If we get a new owner in 2022, the new GM could get the ax. It's a big factor. It's one of the cons if you're John Dorsey. That's why John Dorsey doesn't even consider coming to coming to Denver, to be frank. Marcus, thank you for the stars, bro. Um, you know, I think that's probably the biggest name would be John Dorsey, in my opinion. Now, the biggest up-and-coming name, take your pick. Is it Adam Peters? Uh, is it Kelly? Is it maybe even Spytek down in Tampa? I think probably Peters and, and Kelly edge that, all those comers out. Well, I mean, who's going to help pick the new coach? That's Joe Ellis. Who's in charge of the Boland Trust? That's Joe Ellis. So the new, the owner, the temporary ownership, the 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 Ellis, the family, the, the Boland Family Trust, they're going to be known and prompted and aware and probably vetted for these candidates. And, and the next owner of the team is probably going to be Brittany Boland. So if she knows the guy who's going to be hired now, that's not going to change you next year. So I'm not worried about that too much. That's a, that's a can that's getting kicked down the road for now. And even Elway said, Hey, you know, when he was asked, what, what about 2022? I mean, are you coming back? He's, I don't know. We'll see. Matthew Smith. Good to see you, brother. Appreciate you up there in Canada. He says, I truly believe we would have finished with a winning record had the team not gotten so injured and missed out on camp, run it back. Keep the coaches. I, I agree. I, I honestly, like, even though Fangio botched Tennessee, he botched the Raiders game, there was a few other snafus in between. I think if you have a, a Cortland Sutton and you have Jawan James at right tackle, he's not an injury, but nevertheless, if you have James where he needs to be, if you have Vaughn on the field, if you have Jarrell Casey, if you have A.J. Bouye, the, you know, and, and you suffer just an average year of attrition in terms of the injury bug, I think this is a team that probably ends up probably coming shorter than what Zach and I were seeing it as in the offseason, but still somewhere like around eight and eight, nine and seven, which is a far cry, a far cry from five and 11. Yeah. Run it back. Keep the coaches, but fire Tom McMahon and I'll be happy. Ron Dub, Love you, buddy. Good to see you. Longtime superstar. Mount Rushmore guy. Been with us a long time. Always brings great questions. Happy new year to you as well. My friend, he says, if the new GM sticks with Locke. How do you think he will prioritize these three items? One, Vaughn's future. Two, Fangio's job. Three, player personnel. Also, who do you think he would draft uh, in the first round? All right, so Fangio, I think, again, I'm remaining open to the possibility that another shoe could drop, depending on the GM hire, and Fangio could be jettisoned, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I'm removing that one off the table. In terms of the way you ordered him, I'm going to say Vaughn ultimately – comes down to dollars and cents and his how amenable he is to, you know, being flexible with his contract and and uh, not just his last year contract, but meaning like, hey, 
let's lower the cap hit this year. Let's keep you in Denver another two, three years, give you at least the opportunity if you want to retire a Bronco. And then as far as the num- number nine pick, that right now, Ron, assuming lock sticks, still is up in the air until we know who the GM is. But I'm still going to err on the side of, in your scenario, if lock sticks, Zach, I would err on the side still of a corner or a, or a linebacker, especially if Fangio is here, which he's probably going to be. He, he will be. I love you, Ron, but uh, the number one priority is not on your list, and the number one priority is the quarterback. They have to figure out what they want to do at quarterback. It, is lock the guy? Are they going to acquire a veteran? Are they going to draft a rookie? What is the new GM's take on the quarterback position for the Denver Broncos? You answer that question and you work your way down to Vaughn, to Simmons, to Harris. You take care of your in-house guys first, and then you expand out of house. But it starts with quarterback. Fangio's not even on there. He's going to be around for 21. Going forward, that's a question to ask next year. That's a, They're not even worried about that till 22. Right now, though, Figuring out the quarterback situation is priority number one. Jen Heckel, by the way, Jen, really cool to connect with you on Twitter. I didn't realize that you were already following, and then I saw you in the mentions. I'm like, oh, that's Jen. Followed you back, so I appreciate you. She says, you guys rock. Can't wait to see. Uh, can't wait to get through this offseason with you guys. Time to look forward to new opportunities for the team. Hopefully we don't lose Locke, Miller, Simmons in the process. I agree. I hope, I hope that doesn't happen, but Zach, I also agree. Time is the time has come. Turn the new leaf. Yeah. And we're excited to be here right along with you, Jen, and everybody else to see how this 2021 offseason unfolds. It's going to be a gas. I got to say, though, I was not encouraged by Simmons' tone in that presser today. It yeah. seemed like he was saying goodbye and uh, scary. All right, Marcus, appreciate all the stars. I want, I, I couldn't move through this without grabbing at least one of your, your comments. He says, So they should keep Vaughn here. Don't think I could bear having him go as well as. Sanders, Elway, now Locke. That would be like taking the Holy Trinity from the Broncos, of course, talking about Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah, we'll see, man. We'll see, you know. Uh, make sure you pay your tithing to the football gods because if you want Vaughn to stay, you're going to need some dominoes to fall in uh, in your direction here. Burn the guitarist. Good to see you again, my friend. He says, didn't you guys hear? Brandon Perna is the new GM. Oh, okay. How uh, How fun would that be? Amazing. I'm here for it. All right, let me see uh, what else we've got. I think we have about reached the end. Let me just double check on my end. Oh, Naj again. Love you, Naj. Appreciate you, man. Wow, thank you. He says, Elway loves the Broncos as much, if not more than us, diehard fans. I'm certain he's had many a sleepless night after debacles like yesterday. That love got us manning, but also makes being a GM so hard. Sure. Thank you thank you for saying that, Naj, and in that respect i want to i want to share something with you guys here let's just really quick zach in in the spirit of um you know giving elway his his props and and thanking him uh for what he did do for this team as a gm let's just recount a couple things real quick okay then we'll we'll wrap we'll wrap this up since elway was hired in 2011 let me let me blow this up coming off a 4 and 12 record in 2010 the last year of mcdaniels the broncos have the eighth most overall wins in the nfl uh, Broncos NFL rank under Elway 2011 to present in terms of overall wins. He's got 96. That's eight regular season wins. 90. That's eight playoff wins. Six. That's fourth in the NFL playoff berths. Five. That's tied for eighth division titles. Five tied for fourth Super Bowl appearances. Two tied for second Super Bowl wins tied for second. I already mentioned the winning 71 of his first 100 games to be considered the, the most ever. 
And then one last thing here. Let me um, grab this. Elway's eye for talent. During Elway's 10 seasons as an executive, he has drafted, signed, or extended the contracts of 21 players who have combined for 42 Pro Bowl selections with the Broncos. Elway is the only, and this is a really cool distinction here, guys. I want you to pay very close attention, and this is why you need to tip your cap. As, as bad as these last four years have been, what I'm about to read to you right here tells you everything you need to know. Elway is the only NFL GM over the last seven years to acquire future Pro Bowlers through the draft, street free agency, unrestricted free agency, and college free agency. That That's not even a trifecta. What is that? One, two, three, four. That's a quadfecta. I mean, I don't know if that's such a thing, but that's truly an astounding accomplishment to go along with, of course, the world championship. So, you know, hats off to Elway. I really do commend him for what he did. And and I I agree with Naj that, you know, this is a guy that's literally put his body on the line for this team Uh, for 16 years. He did it. So I think he is a lot more invested, obviously, and cares a lot more about the destiny of this team than anyone even listening right now. So hats off to, to John Elway. I'm glad he's he's playing along, playing ball with what Ellis probably is pushing on him a little bit. The time has come. Listen, he he's done way way more good than bad, and he gets a lot of credit for 2014. That's kind of his like landmark year as Broncos GM, and rightly so. He did a lot of great things that year that set up the next year. But I thought this past off season was right up there. You can blame so many people for how bad the Broncos were this year. Elway is not one of them. His drafting, he, he's been great since 2018 with drafting. He's gotten so much better. But the moves that he made for Locke, for the entire team, getting Gerald Casey for a seventh, getting Boye for a fifth, I thought Elway had a great offseason. And I thought he was actually getting better as time went on as Broncos GM. He definitely turned over a new leaf when it came to, to the draft. You know, his uh, it's just, unfortunately, his coaching decisions didn't pan out and his quarterback decisions didn't pan out. And then with Drew, it's still an open-ended deal. It could end up being being exactly how he foresaw it. But, you know, that's those were the two missed-the-mark points for Elway. But I agree with everything you just said. Uh, last one that we almost missed from Mr. Castillo, and then we got to go. Is it possible that Elway is setting himself up to, to buy the franchise, possibly with Manning? Hmm. That's a rabbit hole, tinfoil thing I really don't think is on the table. I mean, do you realize how many – shekels you got to rub together to buy an NFL. <laughs> I mean, Peyton Manning, I'm going to guess here. I haven't Googled this. I'm going to guess he's probably worth somewhere around half a billion dollars. All right. His net worth probably half, you know, 500 million. Elway, probably a little bit more because of his private business stuff. No, actually probably. I don't think so. Close. Maybe less, probably yeah. less. So let's just say though, in a, in a, in the best case, they get to a billion together, right? Okay. You're still three and a, and a half billion short of what it would cost to get an NFL club. So uh, as part of an ownership group where everyone kind of has a stake, maybe, but I just don't think that's the priority here. I really don't. And that's not why he's doing this to set himself up, but it's an interesting topic, Mr. Castillo. Yeah. I think you need 30% to buy an NFL franchise. And even if they did that, they're they're It's all liquid capital for them. It's their own personal money. They're not Jeff Bezos with billions to spend. There's no conspiracy or motive here. I think Elway wants to step aside. He wants to have more time for his family, and it's greener pastures for the Broncos and Elway. For what it's worth, the Denver Broncos in 2020 were uh, valued to be about $3.2 billion U.S. So anyway, guys, we got to dip out for now. We'll see how the rest of this storyline continues to unfold throughout the week. It's going to be a very busy week here at Mile High Huddle. So Zach and I, we're off tomorrow night. You're going to get Nick and Carl breaking down whatever the buzz is on Tuesday. 
building the Broncos, 6 p.m. Mountain, 8 p.m. Eastern. And then Zach and I will be back same time as usual, 6 Mountain, 8 Eastern, on Wednesday, Thursday. It's going to be a gas, so we'll see how it shakes out. Zach, have a great start to your week. Mile high salute to our superstars, our Facebook supporters, our Facebook stars. We love each and every one of you. You know, it's time for change, and change can be painful. Change can be scary. But oftentimes, you know, if, if you don't make those necessary changes and go through that, uh, you know, metamorphosis, you don't, you don't, you don't get from the ugly caterpillar to the beautiful butterfly. And so that's how you got to look at it right now, gang. It's going to be fun to see how it shakes out. So Zach, off to you, my friend. We'll see how it shakes out and sign us off. We're entering, as Chad said, it's going to be a wild week and a very, very hectic offseason. We'll update you guys on Wednesday's podcast. Might have a new GM by then. It's going to happen soon. We'll see you then. And as always, go Broncos. You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. At Firehouse Subs, a portion of every purchase helps provide life-saving equipment to first responders. We make our subs differently because our subs can make a difference every day. That's why we're bringing back our daily medium sub special. Enjoy a different handcrafted medium sub at a special price for every day of the week. From Meatball Monday to Italian Sunday. Get it for a limited time only at Firehouse Subs. Tap the banner now to start your pickup order.